Praise the Lord, Facebook. It's another Sunday afternoon. Beautiful day out there today. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's uh, We've been getting a little fall preview this month. Uh, August can be, you know, just absolutely stifling hot. And it's been it's been really good this year. And uh, getting ready to come up on my favorite month, which is uh, September. And uh, I'm super excited. I got flies buzzing around me here, so... Just bear with me. Uh, the Lord of the Flies is upset. <laughs> That's what they say. Just uh, time of the year for bugs. But uh, it's it's just been a beautiful, beautiful uh, day, and I mean we've just had beautiful weather for the last few weeks. We're getting ready to go into September, and we're getting ready to go up to harvest season. You know, in the fall, and I love this time of the year. College football. Um, Ohio State. I actually got my Ohio State colors on today. Uh, Got my scarlet, got my gray behind me. I'm, I'm anxious for the start of uh, college football, Ohio State football, and professional football, uh, the NFL. And uh, it's an exciting time of the year. I always enjoy this time of the year. Uh, I've got a uh, good word to come to you today uh, concerning heavenly treasures. Heavenly treasures. Uh, I pray that uh, this will minister to you in a strong and uh, passionate way, and God will use me to uh, minister to others, uh, use my voice uh, that might reach and touch you today and bless your heart and uh, possibly uh, give you some revelation or some inspiration that uh, maybe you never had received from uh, the Word of God. Let's go to prayer first and ask God to bless this uh, time we have. Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I just thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, God. I thank you for the for the move of your spirit, God, in our individual houses of worship today, God, how you moved in the house of worship that I attend, Lord, and the words that were spoken through my pastor. And God, how you uh, touched and uh, reversed curses and blessed individuals, God, within our uh, body. Thank you, God, for the other things that you've done across the world, across the world, God, in every, uh, every house of worship, everybody, God, that you've touched and healed and delivered and administered to and given comfort to today, God. I just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, that your word is always true. Your spirit is truth. And I thank you, God, that you're leading us into all and complete truth. I just ask, God, that you now you anoint my words. Anoint this time, Lord, ever how long it may be, that I may minister your word in precision and in accuracy according to your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for today. Thank you. Thank you for another day, Lord. Uh, I've been on a, a keto diet, uh, cutting the uh, carbs out, and uh, I recently discovered that I uh, was absolutely the biggest I've ever been, weight-wise, ever in my entire life, and I've just had enough of it, and uh, Decided, well, I better, uh, I better do something about this, and I'm on a keto diet. Uh, been about what two weeks, two weeks, and I've lost six, seven pounds already. So I need to get down to well, these flies. I'm telling you what, I sprayed, I sprayed uh, DEET in here, and it, they're still landing on me with DEET. Craziness, craziness. So you just have to to bear with me with this, but I've lost. Uh, six or seven pounds in two weeks so uh god is good um i love love to get down to the weight that i was back in the uh late 90s early 2000s um i had an episode you know i'm not going to go into it in 2017 2018 i got really
it wasn't a good thing because I wasn't eating. And uh, I don't want to get that skinny again. But uh, for everyone who's, who's uh, on a weight loss program, I, I just continue to encourage you to keep on working at it and uh, doing everything you can do uh, to stay healthy. The, body, the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God expects us to take care of them. Um, of course, we're going to die. Of course, we have an expiration date. You know, our parts wear out. But God still expects us to do our best to take care of ourselves and do everything we can do. So I just trust that uh, those who, who are battling weight, battling those things, that God will continue to inspire you and show you the way, whatever that may be, to help you succeed in your goals. Today I'm going to talk about heavenly treasures. And I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. It's hot out here too. I'm out here on the porch and it's pretty hot today. Uh, I had a fan on and the fan was like too noisy in the audio. You could just hear the fan running, so I turned it off. So, it's a bit warm out here. Matthew 6 is where I want to go. First first uh, scripture I want to go to. Matthew 6. I'm going to start with verse 19. Remember, we're talking about heavenly treasures. Heavenly treasures. It says in verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, verse 20, where neither moth nor dust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 19 is talking about temporal things. Everything on this earth, everything on this planet is going to burn up. Everything. The house you're living in right now, the car you're driving, the job you're working at, the money it's got in your bank account, that everything at some point at the end of the age is going this this is all going to go. It's temporary, it's not eternal. And the Bible says that we should not have our main focus on temporal things. Temporal things. But to set our mind according to verse 20, treasures in heaven where Moth nor rust. Moth and moth or rust is a way of talking about corruption or something wearing out or something you know slowly decaying, so to speak. Everything on this planet is temporal. Everything is temporal. We should never base our self worth, our self value as believers, as believers, on what we have, what we've earned what we make, where we work, what we drive, what we live in, because it's temporal. We should base our decisions as a Christian on eternal things, on heavenly things, because they're eternal. Everything as Christians that we do, our main focus should be redemptive in nature. Of course we have to work jobs. Of course we have to make accomplishments. Of course we have to do things on this planet. But they should be redemptive in nature. We should always have a redemptive purpose, a redemptive plan for what we're doing. You know, 
I, well, I, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to do this or that. But God has given me the ability to make these things, and I sell them, or I work somewhere. And God gives me the money to, to be able to support someone else who preaches or whatever. Well, that's your calling. That's what God's given you. See, and you're, you're doing something that's redemptive in nature. The Bible also says that you should take care of your family. You should take care of your commitments and those things that you've committed to. So those, that is very, very important, and that's redemptive in nature. But if you get to where you're just working to show society that you, you know, getting your self-worth, your self-worth from your job, from what you have, from your accomplishments, uh, from your trophies, from your crowns, from your sashes, from your, you know, your certificates, your degrees, all that is going to burn up. Can't take it with you. And when you get to heaven, you're not going to stand before Christ as a Christian and say, well, Jesus, I was this and I was that and I earned this degree and I got this certification and I was the king of this or the queen of that and I did this and I did that. None of that matters according to Scripture. If it's not redemptive in nature, it doesn't matter. Moth and dust is going to corrupt it. Moth and dust is going to corrupt it. And I think we all are tempted because we live in a society of peer pressure and... and uh, uh, you're comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, as I spoke about a few weeks ago. You know, we're in this competitive American culture where we got to prove something to somebody. And we got to, you know, and you can't do that as a Christian. You can't get your self worth and your self value from accomplishments, uh, degrees, how much money you have, how many jobs you work, whatever it may be. According to scripture, I'm simply talking to what the Bible says. This is my opinion. I can sit here and read you know, several scriptures that teach this. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21 clearly teaches that those things that are upon this earth are temporal. And they're subject to change. And they're going to burn up. And they're going to go away. And the only thing that's going to be left standing is eternal redemptive things in eternity. Everything else doesn't matter. You know, when I see people, I see non-Christians. I'll just use non-Christians for an example. I mean, they're living it up. I mean, they're taking 10 vacations, you know, every two months. And, I mean, they're just having a big old time and partying it up and, you know, drinking it up and going to this and going to that and doing this and doing that. And look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. None of that matters in eternity whatsoever. None of it. Absolutely none of it matters in eternity. It's all temporal. It's all subject, subject to change. And it's all going to burn up with a fervent heat, as the Bible teaches. Let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 13. Chapter 13, chapter 3. There are 13 chapters in Philippians. <laughs> I wrote this down wrong. I don't know what, what I... Oh, I know what I wrote. I, I put an L and I thought I was reading 13 there. It's Philippians 3... Verses 3 through 8 is where I want to go. <laughs> Philippians chapter 13. Uh, Jonathan, I thought you said you knew your Bible. No, 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 no. Not, not Philippians chapter 13. I am getting hot out here, but I want to just... Uh, <laughs> bear with me. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to sweat, and I'm going to be swapping flies. You know, it's, it's summertime, and I know you all have the same issues, so you understand. This is real life. This is real life stuff here. Philippians chapter 3. Starting with verse 3. Now this is Paul 
speaking about himself. Okay? Paul's getting braggadocious here, and he, he's, he's trying to make a point. He's trying to make a point. That breeze feels good. Yeah, I can see the curtains moving behind me there. That, that feels good. Do more of that, please. Blow these flies out of here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. None. No confidence in the flesh whatsoever. None. According to Paul. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. He's saying... You want to talk about confidence in the flesh? You want to hear about the accomplishments and awards and, you know, my education and what I did and who I was and look at me and look what I've earned and whatever? Continuing verse 4, If any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I the more. Here he goes. He gets, he gets braggadocious here. Verse 5, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, verse 6, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless, in verse 6. But what things were gained to me, those that I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them, but listen, listen, listen. You know what, you know what the cuss word for, for what this is saying? That's literally what this means. Very, literally what this means. And do count them, but dung, that I may win Christ. All his awards, all his accomplishments, all his education, everything he's earned. He was a big deal. He counts it all done. You know, out here in the country, we have uh, what they call septic tanks. Septic tanks. Of course, it holds refuse, human refuse, right? Paul's literally saying that you can go into your house... And you can get all your awards and all your trophies and all your certificates and all your money and everything. And you know where they belong? As far as eternal concern? In the septic tank. That's what he's saying there, folks. There's no other way to look at this. The septic tank. That's strong. That's strong, but that's what, that's the, he's making a point. He's making a point that all of our righteousness, all of our, 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 our accomplishments, look at me, look at me, look what I, look what I did, oh, look at me, you know, is nothing in eternity whatsoever. Your status, what job you work, how many jobs you work, how much money you got in your bank account, how many certifications are hanging on your wall, how many degrees you have. How many courses you've been through? How many classes you've taken here? How many you've done this? What contest you've won? How many ball games you've won? Whatever it may be. It's but dung in the eyes of God. And it's going to burn up. We need to realize that. As Christians, we need to base 
our lives, our decisions, and what we do on a redemptive nature. And stop trying. I, I think it goes back to folks that tend to do this, that tend to try to earn merit and try to show everybody, look at me, look at me, didn't get uh, the proper support when they were younger. And they're seeking after that their whole life. I, I, I got to have this. I got to show them that I got to prove to everybody that I'm somebody. And, and as a Christian, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. You are righteousness. You are righteous as, as our, as our, our uh, pastor's uh, wife said today. You're considered righteous. You don't have to do anything. You're right, you're right staying with God because of Christ Jesus and what he did. Not what you do. Not what you earn. You're getting into that works thing again we talked about last week. Look at James. You're, you're trying to earn something. The kingdom of God does not work that way. doesn't work that way at all. Um, it says in a book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 6. Let's go there. I didn't mark that. But... Uh, Let's go there. Hmm. Oh, there's a little bit of a breeze. Thank God. The flies, they're, uh, they're testing my patience, but I'm going to write them out. This is another one. This is another one. If you study the language, you study the Hebrew, you'll find out what the scripture means. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as unclean thing, and our righteousness are as filthy rags. Do you know what that's talking about? It's talking about menstrual cycle, menstrual rags. It's talking about tampons, used tampons. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. It belongs in a refuse. It's dung. It's garbage. That's how God sees it. You know, so when we get to heaven, we're not going to, you know, go up there all, yeah, baby, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I did, Jesus. Yeah, I was a captain of this, and the king of that. Yeah, I had a crown on my head, and I was this, and I was that. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. No, not according to Scripture. God's going to view every bit of that as dung and filthy rags. Every bit of it. And that's for all of us. That's anything I've ever accomplished. The degree that I've ever got. Uh, and that goes into the church. That goes, that goes into your accomplishments within a church. Uh, you, know, I, I, you know, I've got a ministerial degree. I've... I've, I've been part of a ministerial fellowship for years. You think that's, when it comes right down to it, that that means anything to the Lord? It means nothing. It means nothing. Let's go to, okay, here flies. Here we go. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 7. I made a mistake of cracking a sliding glass door, and I think I let in several flies, and of course... There's going to be flies. Try to land all over me. 
I even sprayed, I got a can of DEET here and I sprayed it. <laughs> it doesn't seem to make any difference, so. I guess it don't work on flies. It works on mosquitoes, I know that, but man, flies, it don't seem to don't bother them a bit. They just keep on uh, coming at you. Uh, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Okay, remember I was talking about not only your worldly accomplishments, whether accomplishments were made before you became a Christian or after, but accomplishments within the church, accomplishments that look righteous and look good and look like you're, I mean, you really got it going on for the Lord, you know? Um, there's a passage of Scripture, Matthew 7, that people have always been confused about. Like, wow. How, I mean, how, how can anybody make it to heaven? I mean, let's, listen to these verses. Matthew 7, 13. Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few are be there that find it. Few there be that find it. The straight gate. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Verse 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. 18. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Remember I was talking about, I was talking about everything burning up with a fervent heat. There's other scriptures that teach this. This this world will literally be on fire at some point. And everything that's not eternal is going to burn up. Verse 20. Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Verse 21. This is where I want to get to. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord. Now we're talking about accomplishments here. Shall enter the kingdom of heaven. I mean, listen to what these people have done. Listen. In verse 21, but he do, who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. Verse 23, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Wow. I mean, think about what that's saying. People that literally did things, supernatural things, cast out devils, healed the sick, did miracles. They claimed that it was Christ. Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. That's a sobering thought. That's a really, really sobering thought. We have to... Do things from a redemptive nature. Not look at me. You know, we do that in the kingdom. Look at the anointing I've got. Look at the gifts i got. I mean, look, I'm having dreams and visions every night. And, you know, come on. Just come on. No. This is not a contest to see if you can be more spiritual, you know. Some people, you know, are flamboyant and 
get up there in front of the church and dance and jump and holler. You know, that's fine. But that doesn't mean they're more spiritual, closer to the Lord. You know, and even doing what the Bible calls works of, of, of the gospel. The Bible says that those things, if they're not done in a redemptive nature, in the right spirit, Jesus considers those dung as well. That's a sobering thought. A very, very sobering thought. And this isn't talking about people operating in a demonic spirit. Remember when Jesus uh, was casting out devils? Uh, I believe it's in uh, Matthew chapter 12. We can go there, Matthew chapter 12. And the Pharisees, they get all upset with him. Matthew chapter 12, starting with verse 22. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. Hold on a minute, I'm at Matthew 11. I'll get in the right one. Matthew chapter 12, 22 to 26. There we go, there we go. Now I've got it. Matthew chapter 12, 22 through 26. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil. Okay. Blind and dumb. And he healed him, and so much that the blind and dumb both spoke, and he saw. Jesus completely healed him. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? Verse 24, But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And what's Jesus say? Now remember, we're going back to those other verses. We talked about, Did I not cast out devils in your name? Did I not do this? Did I not do that in your name? And Jesus knew their thoughts in verse 25 and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself self shall not stand. Verse 26, And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? If by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. And then Jesus goes on to say that he cast out devils by the Spirit of God. So right there shows you that the, the, the people, that, the individuals that Jesus is talking about that did miracles and, and, and cast out demons and, and healed the sick in, in Matthew chapter 7 weren't necessarily doing it by the power of Satan. He says that, that you can't do that. Demons can't cast out demons. The devil can't cast out devils, and I like to cast out these flies right about now. My goodness. But their focus, the reason for what they were doing was not godly. It was self-righteousness. It was puffed up. It was, look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at my ministry. Look... Look at my anointing. Look at, I mean, look at all the notes I take in church. Look how many books I've read this week. Jesus says all that is done. It's all done. It's just human nature, you know, and we, and we bring it right into the church too. We bring in that competitiveness and, and look at me and I'm better than this one and I'm better than you and whatever else. And Jesus says it's nothing but done. Dung in Isaiah, nothing but as minstrel cloths. 
Mr. Claus. That's a strong word. That's a very, very strong word. And, you know, everything, everything in this world is about how much money you can make, who you can marry, what you can accomplish, how much merit you have, how many degrees you got, what kind of car you drive. It's all about accomplishments, earthly accomplishments. And the Bible teaches that those earthly accomplishments are nothing in eternity. Whatsoever, nothing. Nothing. So as Christians, we need to make sure that our focus is on the kingdom and is on Christ and is redemptive in nature. And that's a, that's a daily battle. It's a daily battle. Paul talked about in the book of Romans how he battles his flesh all the time. You know, and, there, and in the book of Corinthians, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, I believe it's 12, he was given a thorn in the flesh, and uh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him, and, you know, they tried to say, oh, that's, you know, there's folks who say, that was, an, he had an eye ailment or disease, you know, because he wrote in the one book that, look how large the letters I have wrote, and whatever. I don't believe that was Paul's thorn in the flesh. I believe Paul's thorn in the flesh was the Satan reminding him of who he was before he became a Christian. That he had killed, killed believers, thinking he was doing Godspeed. I mean, just think, think about it. I mean, you just think, you know, if you was in Paul's situation and you'd been who Paul was, he was Saul at the time, Saul of Tarsus, before he was converted, and what he did, wouldn't that haunt you the rest of your life? It would, wouldn't it? So that was the thorn in the flesh. That was... That was what was keeping him from getting too prideful. You know, even though he had, he went braggadocious in, in the book of Philippians there, that letter to, to Philippi. He went braggadocious, said, hey, I'm all this in a bag of chips. But you know what? I've considered that nothing but a septic take refuse. That might win the cause of Christ. And that's a lesson that we all need to take to heart and think about on a daily basis, on a daily basis, because it's so easy to get puffed up with pride. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with feeling good about your accomplishments or doing something. I'm not saying contests are wrong, you know. I wouldn't be watching Ohio State football next week if I thought that it, it was wrong to compete. But it's put it in perspective when you're a Christian. And, then, and don't think that you're, you're, you know, you're accomplishing anything as far as eternity is concerned with those things because you're not it's more of just a worldly uh, human uh, way of patting ourselves on the back and, and saying look what I've done look what I've done and it won't it won't last it won't last uh, eternally according to the word of God well thank you for listening to me today I don't think I went as long-winded as I did last week I got on that subject last week and I could have talked another hour on it I can go a lot more. I would like to go deeper on that subject at some point um, and get a little bit more uh, research involved and uh, address more of that. But it's the direction God took me this week, and I just pray that it ministers to you. I do see that there are some folks watching these videos. Who knows how long you're watching them? Because a view is, I think, what did I read on Google? A view is. Uh, it's not very long. 
It's just a matter of a short amount of time somebody can watch a video and turn it off. And it's considered a view on Facebook. So I, I pray the ones that stuck it out and listened to this for me <laughs> for 45 minutes or whatever the last one was, uh, I thank you for that. And I pray that it ministers to you. And I pray this ministers to you today. Let's just pray that God will seal this word uh, and he'll use you in, that, in the weeks to come for his glory. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful day you've given us, God. I thank you for the words that we have all received, Lord, the words of correction and direction from your holy word, God, from your anointing, from your spirit. Ask God that you take these words and you seal them in our hearts, that you convict each and every one of us, God, of pride, of, of living in a flesh, of seeking after things that aren't of the kingdom of God and aren't heavenly. And God, if there's those who lack vision, there are those who lack a purpose, there are those who lack a plan, that they may lay treasures upon in, into heaven and not upon this earth, then I ask God that you give them that vision and give them that purpose so that it may be eternal, may it be redemptive in nature. I just thank you, God, for this week to come. Use each and every one of us, God. Those who aren't saved, those who aren't saved, I'll speak to you right now. Everything you do, is it going to make you happy? You, you can't have enough money. You can't have enough sex. You can't have enough things. You can't have enough merit. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled until you receive Christ into your heart. He died for you. He rose again after three days. And he lives in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back. And he wants to spend eternity with you. And those who are believers in him will be there as well. I just ask today that you consider your life and what you've really accomplished and what you're going to do and what you're doing things for. They're not eternal. You're not eternal. Your body's not eternal. Your spirit is. But your body's not eternal. You're going to die. And if you're willing to take that chance, if you're willing to play Russian roulette and, and say, hey, you know, I depend on my five senses and my brain. I don't believe there's a God. I don't see God. He's never talked to me. I don't smell him. I don't hear him. There must not be a God. I mean, if, you, if you're willing, you're willing to go that route, then you have to suffer the consequences of that decision. But I'm telling you today, that if you listen to the still small voice of God, the still small voice of God, he's calling you home. He's asking you to receive him into your life and you will forever be changed. So I just pray, my friend, that you do that today. Those of you who are here in this video that aren't Christians, that aren't saved, whether you're on my friends list, you're on someone else's friends list, you're on another page and somehow you came, came up at your search, whatever it may be. God is sovereign. God had a reason why he had you hear me today. So I just pray for you. Father, I just pray for those who are unsaved, God, who are lost, who are destitute, who are addicted to drugs, who are addicted to alcohol, who are addicted to pornography, who, who are in depression, who are in anxiety, who who have had abuse, whatever it may be in their lives. 
God, I just pray that you come into their life, God, and they will sense your love and embrace your love and will receive your sacrifice. Your only Son, Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross, that we might be saved. Shed his innocent blood. He was innocent. He was without sin. And he gave his life for us. Ask God that you just receive them now into your kingdom as they watch this, Lord. And may their lives be changed. And may I see them in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for today. It's been a wonderful day. It's been a beautiful day. I just pray that this word has had an effect on you. Thank you for bearing with me and listening to me. And I just bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.